Hello there and welcome to episode number 14 of Beer and Biceps. Um, my name as ever is Todd Davis, this is... Matt Smith. And uh, we are coming at you from Watford. Yeah. Coming at you from a new pad. Going international. I know, look at us moving out of the way for it. Um, do I need to apologise because we've taken too long or did we do one last week? I can't even remember where I am anymore. If they were paying members, you could yeah. apologise and I'd accept that. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, we... We've been we a bit lax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. September has been a lax month, hasn't yes. it? We've only done technically, we've only done two podcasts, including this one. Yes, because yeah, that's that's well, shocking. We, we, we've yeah. we've had holidays and stuff. Well, I've been moving in. Um, I went off to France, and you have gone to Munich. Where you went to a beer festival? A uh, little known thing called Oktoberfest. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds uh, which fantastic. Which we're we're not going to kind of like officially cover. I mean, I'm going to ask Matt like. Five questions about it, but we're not going to officially cover it because <laughs> they that... won't be interesting questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they will not be related. It'll be more about how we got through airport security, uh, things like that as well. Um, but no, we're going to be talking more about that in our next episode, which I'm calling the October Veerfest Extravaganza episode. Here, by I feel like you've now. just made made that up now, literally on the spot. I'm quite pleased with yeah. that. <laughs> so um, that's going to be a big one because we're. I think what we're going to try and do with that one is go through a couple of the well, a couple of different German beers. What it's all about, Matt is Matt is uh, on the ground reconnaissance was there, getting leathered. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, no, it's it's like a busman's holiday, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was all about the work, really. Like, yeah. You couldn't just switch off yeah. because you had to sample all these exactly. beers. Exactly. Yeah. Give you guys, really. You had to give it hundred ten percent. So you know, and, you that's know. that's a tax write off as yeah. far as I'm concerned. <laughs> And as far as the government will be concerned, I hope. It was, it was certainly a holiday of two halves. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about that one more so uh, next week. Uh, but today we are actually drinking... Uh, so, so the first the, the beer we're going to be talking about uh, is a is an Oktoberfest beer from Spartan Brewery. That's S-P-A-T-E-N. Not, as Matt said to me, Spartan, and I went, what, like the film? And you said, no, like, German. And I went, oh, right, OK. <laughs> <laughs> Which then made me automatically not like this beer because it's not Spartans. Um, so I assumed it still was. It was just a German spelling. Right? It, yeah, it's a... Well, it has nothing to do with the Spartans ah, from 300. Well, that's good. No, sorry. <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking about this bit. Yes, yeah, Spartan, the October... October... Lolla, October... October, October Fest, Fest beer. Sorry. Oh, I, I could have told you that. that. <laughs> I know, yeah. um, what do you think after October it was going to be? <laughs> I thought it'd be like a cool name, like like an oh, German, yeah. like a a play on October nah, or something. It, yeah, German humour. Well, yeah, liked. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think they're really going to play on words. Um, but we are going to also be talking about um, so our bicep side of things. Going to be talking about training programs. Yes, how to create the perfect training program. Mm. Um, with a couple of things. Uh, what would you call it when you you've got like a warnings? It's all like um. So I say this, but mm. there's a come on. Word um, for it. What's the word for that? I don't know. Uh, Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> what like like kind of like um, if you were a lawyer, you'd put it in as a sort of. I feel like you know the word. I don't know. This <laughs> <laughs> is episode fourteen of yeah. teaching top English. <laughs> uh, you mean like red flags type? Thing, yeah, that sort of. Right. Um, but like you know. Anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah. Completely lost what I was going at now. Training programs. Yeah, um, there there is no such thing as the perfect training program, yeah. and trying to chase perfection will stop you from achieving your yeah. goals. But 
I will be showing you how to do a really good thing. Um, yeah. I wish I hadn't really fucked myself over with that. I should have just left yeah. it, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> we have kind of like briefly covered this subject beforehand in like an earlier one, but a, from a different angle, yeah, I think. I think we were drunker then. We were <laughs> way drunker. Um, so, but not uh, as drunk as we were last week. No. Uh, not last podcast. Last podcast. The last podcast. Well, we're a bit drunk on the podcast. But I thought we were, actually. We like, were, back, actually, like, It was quite strong beer. Um, it was the Sierra Nevadas, and they were quite that strong. That was it, yes, yeah. <laughs> and then afterwards, uh, we decided to take Ecuador to the World Cup final in FIFA World Cup 2010 on yes. the PlayStation 3. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bear in mind, if you're listening to this at, at any random point in time, right now is not 2010. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is 2017, so we are seven years ahead. Yeah, and we're still playing... entire World Cup since then. <laughs> yeah. But there's something had about playing old computer... Like, like even if it is a FIFA game. I don't care. That, you know, if you like that one, then God damn it, we're going to play that one. And that's exactly what we did. What it was, it was half nostalgia, half it's the only World Cup game. And I wanted to do a cup competition, which you can do on regular FIFA. Yeah. Um, but I've only got one controller anyway, so <laughs> couldn't have done that. No. Um, but yeah, there's... The only thing I, I as I was playing it whilst off my tits, um, I did feel that the modern FIFA games are a lot better. Like there are so much more um, things you can do, like control wise. Yeah. Whereas that was it, it did feel a bit bare bones. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, <laughs> that concludes this episode of <laughs> yeah. FIFA games from seven years ago. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We don't really need to cover that one off, but we are very finally uh, going to be talking about. Um, well, uh, one of the questions which has come in is about the difference between bottles, cans, and draft beers. So uh, I use the term drinking vessels. Matt said, don't use that word, and I've used it anyway. But what we're saying is... Which like, is why this is our last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what we're just saying is, like, if there are certain kind of beers that, well, either A, taste differently, B, you prefer, you know, um, uh, a draft beer over a bottle of wine or anything as well, we'll go into that in a little bit more detail when we get to it so that is basically what the episode entails if you if it sounds boring switch off now um uh, i'm just gonna edit that out <laughs> <laughs> but uh where do you want to start should we start with the beer first do you want to go to the beer or i think wanna... we should because yeah. i've got this um your glass tells yeah. me exactly how much i've got left and it is one third of a pint <laughs> right there we go Worrying. Well, we're drinking, yes, Spartan Oktoberfest beer, which um, I'd like to say Matt has brought all the way over from Germany, but he has not. I got it on Beerhawk. So, Did you? Oh, ah, my, okay. um, my sister and um, her fiancé, they got me a £50 gift voucher for my birthday for yeah. them. Oh, really? Yeah. For Beerhawk? For Beerhawk. Oh, wow. I've, I've just bought, like... Um, That's a good one. It, oh, do you know what? That was just like... It was thoughtful and awesome, like, yeah. which is a great combination. combination. Yeah. Um, but it was um, I bought a bunch of different glasses because I'm a massive beer nerd. Yeah. But I've got a few really good uh, Belgian and German beers coming. Like, um, but yeah, um, I really like Beerhawk. Uh, this is not affiliate marketing. No, no, no. <laughs> yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got um, I got an Oktoberfest beer selection with them okay. out of just pure excitement for going to actual music. Yeah. And these these are the last two because we drank the other... Eight. Yeah, the other eight, <laughs> which are all massive. They're pint bottles. Yeah, you know, they were... They're big yeah, bottles. Yeah, yeah. And they're all about 6%. And we drank four each. Yeah. Plus a couple of uh, Belgian beers, plus the Sierra Nevadas. Yeah. And a couple of just random beers we as well. Yeah. I, and I, we were drinking till 4 in the 4.30 in the morning. 4.30 in the morning. Never again. No. Um, <laughs> I, I, do you know what, I'd like to say that, but 
if that exact situation yeah. presented itself, I don't think I'd do anything differently. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the they were really good. And yeah. um, this the spot Spartan Spartan. I don't know how they well, I'm going to say it, yeah. Spartan because I yeah. can't see which, um, Oktoberfest beer which apparently has been around since 1397 I've got some facts you know. on that actually yeah, later, um, yeah I really like it um, it is nice I was, when I was at Oktoberfest we were drinking yeah. um, big steins of Spartan yeah. and it was a very decent drinkable mm. lager um, I think when you're drinking a well, yeah, litre steins yeah. so, you know it needs to be good beer and mm. it was yeah. um, and this Tastes a bit different, which is something we're going to be talking about later about how a bottle and draft yes, tastes. Yes, absolutely, different. yeah, yeah. Uh, but still very good. So, uh, I mean, a couple of things about this one. Yes, five point nine percent for a lager. Yeah, um, but I, as I said, the first my first kind of almost tasting on it, I would say, is it's quite it's quite a dry, dry beer. If that mm. makes any form of sense, but that's why that's the first things I got from it as well. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, it is it is brewed with water barley whole, uh, barley malt hops and hop extract in accordance with German purity law. Would you like to know what the German purity law is? Yes. Reinheitsgebot, Reinheitsgebot, which is a German purity law from fifteen sixteen that was basically regulate regulated beer in Germany, the production and selling of beer. So every beer since since that one started in fifty sixteen still has to abide by the German regulatory beer board um laws. Okay. Yeah. Which I think I may have mentioned in an earlier one we Yeah had, yeah. Um it's still quite interesting. So you know Of course it there wasn't a Germany at that point, was there? Uh like Holy Roman well, Empire or something. Yeah, I mean whatever the, the German History there. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well that's the, the the thing is, when I was in Munich, like I I tried a ton of their different mm. lagers, and they're all fantastic. Yeah. Um, but they all do taste quite similar. And when you think did, that, did you have sorry, uh, di- what different Spartan? No, ones, different, just different, different uh, Munich. Well, I mean, all the beers there are from Munich, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. or um, from Bavaria. Um, and I tried all of them pretty much, I think. And yeah, all the lagers were quite similar and all the uh, the wheat beers were quite similar, but they were all at such a high level, like mm. both bottled and draft. They're just excellent beers. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, but they are all quite similar and I'm sure that there are German people there's no Germans listening. <laughs> but I'm sure that if there were they'd yeah. all be saying, Oh there's loads of different but I don't know how there can be when you've got that purity yeah. law yeah, and yeah, you've yeah. got the same ingredients, you've got the same area and you've got the same natural water and got all the same you know. Yeah. So they, they are they were <laughs> Well like, yeah. Bootlegging <laughs> moonshine. What's the point of having purity law? <laughs> but yeah, so I can I can I can see why I fit, that they were quite similar. Yeah. Really. They've all But yeah, I I really like German lager, and I'll tell you what, German lager definitely tastes different to any other lager. Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of lagers that you you could drink it, and you wouldn't be able to tell. Whereas I think German is probably the only one where you can actually go, yes, yeah, I that's can, a German. I can, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. The, and the, that t- that sort of dry taste you're talking about, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want some facts on the um, Spartan? Do you know what? Not only do I want it, but I think that I need it mm. because otherwise this podcast is just dead in the water. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yes, as you mentioned, is that there's a brewery in Munich, Bavaria, um, which is the, uh, well, it's one of the largest ones, I think. It was first uh, thought to be started, it was first thought to be started in 1397. Now, where it says, I think it says in the bottle. On the bottle, yeah. There's Where it says, um, Leet, uh, yeah, Leet 1397, so, yeah, yeah. which could I, just mean lie. I, no, I, I, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that's more or less the equivalent, like estimated. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, um, so um, um, we'll time with that one, 1982. Yeah. <laughs> but because they say what happened was the uh, in 1854 it moved to Munich, and before that, from 1397 to 1854, it kind of like danced around Germany, and there were different kind of companies that owned it and you know disbanded and things like that as well. So there was no like kind of official owner, but it's traced back to. 1397, which is quite interesting. Mm. Um, it's it, from uh, 1854, then it moved, moved to Munich, and from 1867, it was the largest brewery in town. Um, I'd like to give you loads and loads of more information on the brewery, but the website's useless, and, and <laughs> I, it's like a lot of them are really proud of history and they were chatting about it, which I thought I would have got from this one. I couldn't really find too much. Would you say it. it was quite Spartan? <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> um, not planned. I want to say that right now. <laughs> that, was not, that wasn't. Um, I do have their advertising slogan though. Would you like to hear the advertising yeah, slogan? Las Doraten, drinker Spartan, which means say no more. I know it. <laughs> Let yourself be advised. Drink Spartan, which rhymes in German. Exactly. <laughs> Las Doraten, drinker Spartan. Oh, that was quite cool. And it I merged like it. it merged with the Lernbrow Brewery in nineteen ninety seven. Really? Yes. Did not know that. Yeah. So I think it started as one thing, it merged in somewhere else, then Lernbrow bought it, and then Lernbrow itself was sold into which we talked about in a little other one as well, where they sold themselves off and that's now. My dad was talking about Lernbrow, because um the first Munich tent we went to was the Lone well it was like the one that was serving Lernbrow. Okay. Or maybe it wasn't, but we were talking about Lernbrow anyway. Yeah. Um he was saying, and I sort of remember this as well, that when when he was younger, so I don't remember that, but um, Lowenbrow was like seen as a proper, like, posh beer. Yeah. And then what happened was it sort of got seen as like a a not posh beer, um, you know, like for age... More of a mainstream beer. Yeah, or, yeah, or just enough, you know, like just, oh, Lowenbrow, you know, that's just like the cheap... German shit. Yeah, yeah. And then it's now seen as possible again. And I was saying, I was talking to my dad. We were about, <laughs> we were about four steins in right now, so it was like, it was punctuated yeah. with a lot of bullshit. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I was saying that the exact same thing happened with Stella. Um, yeah. You know, in that it yeah. started off as being seen as a posh drink, and then it got that sort of wife beater sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. attitude, and people looked down on it, and now it's sort of clawed its way back up to a bit of respectability. So whenever people call yeah. it wife beater now, you kind of go, what are you talking about? Yeah. It comes in a chalice. Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. I was going to say, that's the whole advertising campaign, isn't it? The chalice and the, and, the, and here's how yeah. Stella Artois was really made. And the really funny thing the is about that, that yeah. is the, yeah. yeah. But the funny thing is, the beer never changed. It was no. just our perceptions. Exactly. And it's ridiculous. And yet, what was really interesting was I was looking at um, a picture of... Um, What's it in, uh, is it Piccadilly Circus in mm-hmm. London where they've got the big, the boards that look uh, a bit like Times Square? Uh, or is that... No, is that Leicester Square? Leicester Square. Uh, it's near anyway, Square, yeah. In yeah. London, they had, you know, the big thing. And they had a big sign for Skull. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, you know, that must have at one point been seen as quite a pop yeah. beer yeah. for it to be up marketed like that. And yeah. now it's seen as the worst beer ever. They say the same things about, I mean, maybe not so much about beer, but like Baby Sham and all that. Yeah, you know Blue I mean? Nun and all that. Exactly, sort of yeah. Stuff. Now it's like, oh, that's a bit of a seedy, dirty drink. But back then it was like, oh, that's your kind of classy, it's, it's classy so drink funny that you'd that have if you didn't have a white wine or something. That's why like. I feel like when we talk about a beer that, you know, like when we talk about Foster's, like, Fifteen years from now, people could be spending fortunes to buy a special yeah. Foster's glass yeah. of beer hawk. 
<laughs> which is being solely supported by me. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know... They no, could... no, you mean, it's very, it's very, very bizarre, isn't it? I guess it's just, it goes it's, around and comes around. And... It's like music and food and drink. It's, there's no real yeah. right answer, but we sort of act like there is. Yeah. I mean, there is a sort I, of... Like... Just, I was just thinking about, like, movies, for example, that, that I remember, you know, because they've got a new Blade Runner movie coming out yeah. soon, and they said Blade Runner is, like, generally regarded as one of the greatest movies if not science fiction movies of all time and when it came out it was canned and everybody hated it and yeah. everybody got it and actually it's only kind of taken like 10, 20 yeah, I mean, you could see it well, is that, is that cult, when they say cult like status it. it's yeah. just basically why I read that as, as a really good film that got a terrible beginning or yeah. a really bad film that's loved ironically yeah 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 <laughs> it's one of those two things Bang Run is a really good film <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes but, you see like they'll, they'll yeah. have a film that like you know like Manos Hands of Fate you know that's a cult film but it's awful yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll save that for our uh, film <laughs> film podcast <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of like Withnall and I because that's why I, I was thinking of Withnall yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so weird that's a, that's a cult but that is a cult yeah. movie isn't it because you, it's like you know a, what? If you watch that without knowing it was a cult film, I could see why people would think it was awful. Yeah. Like, I find it really funny and it suits my sense of humour, but I can imagine somebody with a different sense of humour yeah. going, this is this awful. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... If you ever get your chance, watch With Them. <laughs> great film. Such a brilliant great movie. <laughs> and a uh, pub scene, so we're not completely off. Absolutely, that's it. That's why I was kind of tying it back round. <laughs> Clawing it back to... <laughs> that's actually a damn dress. I wish we'd thought of that as a sort of thing about, oh. like... Um, be it perception over the years. That'd be a damn interesting thing yeah. to have done some research on. No, totally. But yeah, it was um that was it was funny that you mentioned Lower Brow just because I was sort of like had that whole thing mm. that I'd forgot about. Yeah. Because I was Did you trashed. when you were in um Munich or München, I should say, actually. <laughs> is Munich is Munich though. Yeah, I know, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. you should say. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Cologne's actually Köln. Yes, Köln. No, isn't Köln? Yeah, we we say Köln, but that's because the thing is, I always get confused by that because I thought they were two pla- different places, but only on the fact that I every said Cologne, but I only knew FC Köln as in the football team Köln. So Which, I for always all I know is pronounced Köln. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I don't definitely. Know. Cologne is Cologne because yeah. I got the train there, and unless no, no, no. I really yeah. fucked up, no, I'm hundred percent sure. I, yeah, I know yeah. you are correct, but it's just but that's where I got confused by because yeah, I kept no, saying I Cologne, and then there's like and because uh, FC Cologne played Cologne uh, played Arsenal, sorry, in the Europa League. Yes, and which we watched whilst getting trashed, we and did. then we played FIFA 2010. That was on the same evening. It was, but like seeing that, <laughs> that was a lot of drinking. <laughs> when they were saying about oh Cologne were coming over and playing us, and then when FC Cologne turned up, I was like. Well, the fuck, where's, where's Cologne? <laughs> I don't understand. And maybe, you know, but yes. Yeah, so I only realised that when I was fucking in Cologne. <laughs> the only reason I was mentioned as well, because so my brother, my older brother, had a Bayern Munich shirt when in a jungle with Bastian Schweinsteiger in the back because he was his favourite player. Um, How long has Schweinsteiger been playing? <laughs> yeah, he's been playing a long time. Yeah. He's like 30. He's still playing. Yeah. He's like 34 or something. Um, but um, yeah, but it had Munchen on the back, on the bottom of it, and I didn't know that up to that point because I was about 11. I always thought that um, Bayern Munich and Bayer Leverkusen were from the same place. Yeah. But actually, it's Bayern. 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 Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went, actually, I went, I, I think I went past Bayer Leverkusen on the train from Dusseldorf to Cologne, but I don't want to be held to that. I think, <laughs> I, think I did go past the Bayer building. I think... We are really off topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure people who listened into Beer and Biceps were expecting to hear about what the I train journey. What I was going to say, sorry, <laughs> was when you went to Munich then, um, so you mentioned, 
Excuse me, you went to the uh, Lone Brow tent and some other ones. So did you go to the the Spartan one? Yes. Um, I went. So the first day we went there during the. <laughs> Okay, we're not going to go into too much yeah. detail. No, 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 that's a big one for next week. But <laughs> we went there. We got there for about twelve o'clock. And it yeah. was pretty quiet. And we were managed to get seats and sit down and drink. With the Spartan one, um, we got there in the evening and it was packed out. So we had to. We drank our steins outside and we ordered some food and that. But then um, when we went inside, there was just nowhere. Like it was. Yeah. It was a six thousand capacity and there was about seven thousand people in it. Like and the atmosphere was insane. But yeah, we we got to drink outside the tent, yeah. not inside. Um, okay. And I was pleasantly surprised because I hadn't liked Spartan the times I'd had it before. Mm. But I really liked it. Did you then. tell the difference between different types of Spartan beers that you were drinking? Uh, I only had the Spartan Oktoberfest beer, which is what we're drinking. Oh, now. I see. That's so, the only yeah. one you had, right? Um, in in the, basically all the all those beer, all the breweries, they have a a uh, a regular lager, a dark lager, so a dark brown yeah, yeah, lager, yeah, yeah. and yeah. a wheat beer. And okay. I really got into the wheat beers there. Like I always like wheat. Well, not always. I used to hate them, but um, recently I've really got into my wheat beers, and their wheat beers were absolute top class. Really, like, yeah. Um, Served in a really nice sort of like um, like a pint glass, but thinner. Yeah, yeah. And longer, and just excellent. Um, I, mean, I, don't, I don't want to be a bit like casual here, about it, but kind of like a Peroni glass. Do you know what I mean? Where that's like a um, maybe not full to that degree. That is like I think, dirty casual stuff. Because um, a Peroni glass is quite large because it's yeah. like about it's like a full on yeah pint. I, the the wheat beer glasses were like. Um, they started off very, very thin at the bottom, and then they sort of like it was like a cone. Oh, I see. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get you. So the lone brow glass. I've got. I used to have a. Uh, was it lone brow one? I think I, I had lone brow. One. I didn't have. I don't even. It's I, like an hourglass, but like top heavy. Do you know? A lot of them are. Some of them are like proper. Yeah, like a right out hourglass thing, and then some of them were just. Um, they started off thin and they came out large, like a regular pint glass, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. more extreme. Yeah. Um. But they 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 were all fantastic. Um. I had a couple dark beers which were really good, and I had a couple, um, quite a few regular lagers, and yeah. they were all excellent. I, I think there was only two I didn't like, and I can't can't remember what they were called. Yeah, uh, Iinga or something like that, which was average. I think I've heard them. I hadn't heard of them before, but yeah. then it's like um, you know when you you first hear about something and then you hear it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. So since I heard of it, I've seen it up on Instagram a few times, and uh, yeah, it's. But I wasn't that impressed. It was the only yeah. beer I was just but. Maybe it's uh, a lot of this beer stuff is all about the setting and all that. Yeah. And when I had that Eyinger, I was in a restaurant that I wasn't really enjoying. Eyinger so. or Erdinger? Maybe I was thinking Erdinger. No, Erdinger's, yeah. That's it, I'd say yeah. that was one. I had an Erdinger, that was good. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, More on that next week. Hey. <laughs> so, um, no, it's, yeah, like I said, it's a good, this is a, it's a good beer, very enjoyable, well played Germany. Um, and this must be the first review I've done where I have. Haven't finished the beer. Yeah, <laughs> well done. You can now neck it. <laughs> um, so we are going on to pr- training programs, then. So um, yeah, let's talk. Let's talk fitness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we should last... have a soundbite in there, like <laughs> I don't know something. That's something. We should. That we need sound we, bites. We need a lot of. In fact, actually, sorry. Before we go into this, I think this is going to go back to our um, original request from last week, which is dire help. Um, but what we actually do need, yeah, is actually someone to kind of uh, help with. I say podcast production, 
but just things like nerd stuff nerd stuff editing that things. awesome jock yeah. who were just off doing sports <laughs> and <thinking laughs> having sex with cheerleaders <laughs> yeah we've got that covered yeah right um, but you can we, have our, our leftover cheerleaders <laughs> as but <pain>. little bits <laughs> like, things like like sound bites and, and, and things like that as well we just need a little bit of help so uh, yeah if anyone's out there uh, or if you know anybody that you think that could be able to help us like please just let them know and let's not um, sound too needy or not whatever yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah 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 it's cool but seriously help us uh, no no it's cool. but only because we want to improve the podcast for your listening pleasure and the only way we're going to do that is either Matt learning how to work a computer which not is happening. not going to happen um, I'm already I'm already working at 110% just to get this up online <laughs> I don't even know how I do it I've just I've got into a system and yeah. somehow they're there yeah <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so please um, uh, uh, just give a shout Saves. if you can do. Um, and again, obviously, as well, you can contact us on the usual types of things. Facebook, we're Beer and Biceps. Instagram, we're at Beer and Biceps. Uh, Twitter, Beer and Biceps Pod. And I think that's everything. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, right, on to the next bit, training programme. Uh, so... Well, I don't know. Where do you want to go with training programs? Yeah, so we're going. I'm going to talk you through creating the perfect training program. Yeah. Um, last episode we talked about. Uh, I said we were going to be talking about compound lifts, and in that, there's about twelve days ago. In that time, I've kind of realised that talking about compound lifts is the most boring thing in the fucking world. <laughs> Uh, there is no way to make compound lifts oh, man, interesting. Just to throw out these fifty emails, people <laughs> saying, oh, "I can't wait for compound lifts." Oh, compound lifts! I love compound what lifts. I, what I'd like to know is why there's fifty emailers weren't listening to our podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, compound lifts are just exercises which involve more than one muscle group um, and normally one, more than one joint. So, a barbell squat is a compound lift, and it works quadriceps, hamstrings, and glutes. Um, and it's a hip and knee dominant exercise. So the more... Comp- <laughs> it's a hip and knee. It's like, it's like a hip thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's knee bomber. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, sorry. That's not interesting. No. But it is... I thought, how can I use compound lifts to be interesting? And it's creating a good training program. Okay. Which is why... What you would do with it anyway. Yeah. So... My question then, Matthew, is what is the perfect training program? Right. Um, the perfect training program has got to have a few things. It's got to be challenging, yeah. constantly challenging. If you walk out of a session and go, that was easy, then your program's shit. Yeah. Like, you're not pushing yourself hard enough. And that is probably one of the biggest mistakes I see people mm. doing. Um, another mistake is people making it too challenging and therefore ending up with injuries yeah. because they've been doing the, the exercises. Badly. I was going to say, you want to make sure that you don't do it where you go too far. Do you know what I mean? Where it's almost like, oh, well, yeah, that's easy. I turned up, did three press-ups and got the hell out of there. Yeah. As opposed to, I did 90,000 and you're like, yeah. oh, I was just nagging. And, and every no single one of them was tomorrow. terrible. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and then you get injured because you've been fucking around. Don't let your ego get in the way, but also don't get into that comfort zone. And that is a... It's, you know, it sounds like it's a fine line, but there is a sort of... There's quite a big buffer of those sort mm. of things. Like, you know, you can make it challenging enough to get results without making it too challenging. That That is possible. Yeah. You just need to constantly be evolving. That's why it's really good to write down your programs because you can see what weight you did last time. You can give a sort of... What was it out of 10 difficulty-wise? That's a rate of perceived exertion yeah. you know, out of 1 to 10. And you can give yourself, like, okay, so I, I managed 60 kilograms on the bench yeah. press and that was a 6 out of 10. 
definitely need to step that up next time. Yeah. I was going to say, is it is it like that kind of trial and error type thing of... Yeah. As, as in, I can imagine going to the gym saying, like, well, look, right, I've, I've written up this one, or I've nicked this one off whoever, and I'm going to get that and go, and actually... After doing it, my I don't know, my calves were like like genuinely killing me. Yeah. So actually, maybe ease back on that one, but yeah. Um, yeah but also, if if one. your calves are absolutely destroyed or something like that, and it's your first session back, that's just to be expected. Yeah, yeah, okay, so, sure. Like, but do you know what I mean? Four you know, weeks uh, in, and yeah, you still get around yeah. limb sets, bicep curls, or something like that. But yeah, you know, and I'm generally walking into work the next day, going, I I just actually cut my. I think my arms are hurting me. Maybe less so on that. And yeah, you know. yeah. So definitely, it's it is it's evolving. So it's. You can't set it in stone. Yeah. Um, well, you can, but you can't set the weights in stone. So, um, so that's that's one of the big things you need to do. You need to get the intensity correct. Um, you need to get your rest periods correct. Um, but also, you need to get your exercise selection. So, a lot of people will do really well following a sort of basic program, like. But then, some people, if, if you've got injuries or you've got, you know, certain joint issues and like mm. that, you might need to really specify it for yourself. Um, but a good program is mostly going to involve compound lifts. Your bench presses, pull-ups, bent-over rows, squats, deadlifts, lunges, lots of exercises that work multiple muscles. And the reason for that is uh, you get a bigger hormonal benefit. So, you yeah. know, you're going to get, if you're a man, you're going to get a bigger testosterone, you know, um, increase. Yeah from doing exercises that work more than one muscle group. Um, your muscles are designed... Most of them are designed to work is as part of a group. Like, you know, when you're running, you're working loads of muscles. When you're lifting something off the floor, you're working loads of muscles. You're not working yeah, them yeah. in isolation. Um, although I'll, I will get onto isolation exercise in a second. So creating a program based on big exercises, that you're going to burn more calories, you're going mm. to get more strength gains, you're going to get more hormonal benefits and you're also going to save time yeah because if you're doing a program and you're doing a full body program so that means you need to work your calves quadriceps hamstrings glutes abs pecs lats traps deltoids <sighs> triceps biceps forearms you know you're going to do all of those you know if you did each one individually you'd be there for four hours yeah you know and by that point you're going to have so much cortisol that you're going to losing gains um but if you do a couple of exercises like a deadlift that works almost all of them in one mm. go and a squat that works almost all your lower body muscles and then you do a bench press and a back exercise you know you could walk out of that gym and say i've worked every muscle group perfect mm. so you've saved yourself time and that means you can put more effort into it um the only thing i'd say about um isolation exercises um, if you are just starting out, I used to think that isolation exercises were worthless because mm. because of all the reasons I mentioned. So don't use them. But um, I now feel that some isolation exercises can be really effective. Like if you haven't exercised in months and months and months or you've never exercised, your biceps will be a lot weaker than average and your mm. hamstrings will be a lot tighter and weaker than average so actually an isolation exercise could help you up help yeah. you out quite a lot like um 
if you're doing like a lap pull down and your biceps or your grip is so weak that you can barely even do the thing, then yeah. maybe an easy isolation exercise would be a good idea. It's well, also what, like, what's an example of that? So, as in so like, say, like a regular dumbbell bicep curl right. is just going to work your biceps pretty much, yeah. and that will get them strong enough so that you can do the more difficult exercises. Yeah. Um, if your biceps are too weak to do a uh, like a, a lap pull down, mm. then you're not going to get any benefits at all. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people come with that. And a lot of people also have um, bad coordination because yeah. they haven't done any sport or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when that happens, it can be really difficult to perform a compound exercise because mm. they're, they're quite technical. A deadlift is one of the most difficult exercises yeah, to sure. do. Yeah. But, I mean, you know it from like when we were doing oh. it together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, Push your chest out, get yeah. your back straight. Well, it took. I remember taking like a session or two of like the, you know. And you were a yeah, quick me. learner. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. people that deadlift. It yeah. was like eight weeks. But I can one hundred percent understand why someone. Would, the ones I I can get was when we were doing. Um, you know, we it's like flipping it and trying to put it onto your back or whatever it was. I can't. You know. Yeah, and I, even now I can't find. To be it. fair, that was. There. That's not something I do with a client. That was just because we couldn't get into the squat racks. Yeah. We had to basically clean clean yeah. the weight up to our shoulders but, to get. But, but I mean, just just as a thought process on that one is, that I could I could see where people would just come into it and like yeah. you said, it's it, it's not it's not simply the process of going in and saying, oh, I'll just lift a bunch of things from my back. Well, know, if you're doing it wrong, you're just going to be hurting yourself. And if you're yeah. hurting yourself, it's either it could be either a you're overtraining on one regard or b you're not doing it right and you might need some, you know, assistance. Yeah, or, you I, I think one of the biggest mistakes personal trainers make, and I was one of them, is trying to be too complicated with complete beginners. Mm. So, you know, trying to teach people deadlifts and Romanian deadlifts. I mean, when when we were training together, which we will be doing again soon, any, uh, any day now, day now yeah. um, we were trying to, I was trying to do Romanian deadlifts with you, but I was yeah. trying to, teach you it you know in a heartbeat because we didn't have time and i just had to stop you and say you know it's not worth it and yeah in that point of view it would have actually just been easier for me to just stick you on a hamstring curl machine yeah and get your hamstrings to get you know the level of strength and flexibility required yeah. to do the remaining deadlift whereas personal trainers mm. would just try and get you that because that's a proper exercise and, and this, and in, this is i think commas, yeah, yeah. This, this thing i always say to it and like i said i when I ever first entered the gym and like said hearing all the complexities of which to personal trainers wouldn't be complex. I understand you're the experts. Yeah, it's like me working in finance and talking about certain financial. Do you know things. How, what percentage of personal trainers are experts? I put it at less than ten. No, 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 but but I mean the the point I'm trying to say yeah. for it though is that you would you would come in speak to that person and that that person would come up with all these different types of things and I know they I know they know more than me. Um, but that can be extremely daunting, and actually, when you've come up with yeah, you know, Romanian deadlifts, I was like, well, yeah. I'm sitting there going, well, I don't even know what a deadlift is. I don't even, know, I don't even know, yeah. you know anything. I don't even know where Romania is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't bring my atlas with me. You know? Um, you know, things like that can kind of like put, rookie mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always bring your atlas to the gym. Um, but like those types of things could put you off, either a seeking financial yeah. uh, financial advice or going as well. <laughs> training advice, yeah, I mean, but they, 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 if I walked into a bank and they said do Romanian yeah. deadlifts 
I would be yeah. <laughs> but you know kind of uh, seeking that assistance and guidance because if you walk up to someone they fill your head with a bunch of stuff and you, then you're just going to think every single personal trainer out there is exactly like maybe the first person that yeah. I've seen and I can't really trust that because I didn't know what was going on so I'm just going to sit here in the running machine for like seven hours you know and whatever funny thing uh, like when you said like about the experts is because I never really thought about this when I was a personal trainer but when you get your qualifications, you walk out there as a complete amateur, a complete yeah. rookie, but you have to portray yourself as an expert. I don't know any other job, I'm sure there are, where you walk out of college, university, you know, your six-week course, whatever, I don't know, I, and yeah. you are pretty much seen as an expert. Like... Mm. That's not no, that's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. No one would be. I mean, it's like it's almost like the starting point. That's the best one. I was my one of my old managers said to me when I did my finance exams, and it was saying it's like the tough bit is doing the exams, but the tougher bit is once you've got those exams because it's almost like saying, well, you've got them. You've done all this work for it. You've qualified for it. Yeah. Now you've got to put that into practice. You know more than you know, the you know the, the general public. Average Joe, you can whatever, help yeah. the general public, but. By no means no you're an expert. Near, no, yeah, no. And, yeah, and the personal training is terrible for it. I remember like, there was a guy at my old gym who was shit. Oh. Like, no offence to you, I ain't going to say your name. Like, Not that we're actually that big. Part. But he was shit, like fucking terrible. And then he did a course which qualified him as a master personal trainer. Can you imagine a job where you would just walk in and go, I am now a master of this, yeah. after being terrible at it yeah. for six months and then doing a course? Mm. But the, but this is, and this is what I say that the, the thing that I listen to, and this isn't just in personal training, but in any form of sales or anything like that as well, or, or even just when I'm out with people and I'm meeting somebody new or something like that, if someone tells you that they're an expert at this, do you know what I mean? Or like, yeah. you know, I'm um, you know, I'm an absolute master of these types of things. That's the exact person which I wouldn't trust because of yeah. the fact that you know that the people that are very good are the guys that are constantly... I need to learn more. I need to do And the worst thing is, the entrepreneurial world right now is just filled with people sort of like telling each other they're the experts. Yeah. Like I was, I remember I was talking to a guy about, um, I wanted some help with um, Facebook adverts, but we kind of got into um, pitching myself and he's like, you know what you should, because I've been doing fitness writing since April 2016, so that's like 17, 18 Mm. months, you know. And he was like, you know what you should do? You should set up your own Facebook group and do it as a writer's workshop. I was like, in what fucking world could I be teaching people how to write Mm. when I've just been doing it for over a year? Like, it's insane. It's... And and I don't know, like I've ne- I I don't know I've known very few entrepreneurs I, so that's fine but like I I see so many of them and they've only been doing their job for like a year but they always say to each other you need to pitch yourself as the expert you need yeah. to go out there and tell the world you are the best at what you do like when I was a personal trainer they always said first concentrate on being the best in Harrow because you know I was living yeah. in Harrow and it's like you know you need to tell everyone you're the best in Harrow and it's like. But Am I? Fun? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I might have been. I don't yeah. know. I, you know. Yeah. The more I see a person trainers, I think actually I was a damn good one. Yeah. But I also know that um, there were good personal trainers mm. at my work, and I don't know if I was better than them or they were better than me. But yeah. that was only my one gym. Like I would, the, I would even confidently say I was the best in my gym. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Now when I look back at it, I think that I think I've pushed myself further than all but maybe one of them. Or two, you know, so maybe I'm getting there. But that's 
just one fucking gym. There's yeah. fucking 200 gyms an hour, probably. Yeah. And it's that sort of mentality of just... Nobody's going to check, so yeah. fucking say what you want. And yeah, that's what you know, I like about chefs. When they've got that Michelin star, like they fucking... You know they're an expert. You yeah. know the people are fucking but checking it, But this I say, the thing is that if you spoke to the Michelin star chef, I guarantee that nine out of ten of them which had that one wouldn't be saying I am now the greatest chef in the world because the minute you do that you is yeah. the minute that you are not yeah because you're it's like it's like um, I was reading a really good one about like doctors and stuff and they're saying like the type of person that you trust as a doctor would you go for the old head who you know who would say you know uh, I've been there and I've done it and I am the expert now would you go for the younger doctor who's kind of just out of the university and everyone would go for the older one because you're saying he knows everything when actually maybe the young one is adapting to something he yeah. would probably be the better call because he's just learned all the new stuff exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly that's it and you can hey, anybody, it, 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 the minute you say to yourself I am now an expert in this that what I don't care what that field is it's always going to be changing and the, the best ones are the ones that constantly change yeah. not the ones that go no but i really i've crushed that so you know you know, Definitely. You know whatever, I've, so. i think the people i respect most in the fitness industry are the people who they constantly say oh yeah i'm still learning i'm still all that sort of stuff yeah sometimes that gets a little bit grating because sometimes i feel like you know if you know if you don't want to if you want to appear humble that's like the perfect line to say yeah oh yeah i'm still learning because you know sometimes i think that's almost like a humble brag and it really yeah. And so if you do it wrong it really pisses me off yeah. like, there are a few personal trainers I know who are like I know so much and I'm still learning it's like do you know that much or are you just telling me you know that much <laughs> yeah. yeah well all I would say for that one then is uh, yeah so you kind of training program wise what we're saying yeah is, we, we got that's all right, I know yeah we it did, was, yeah, it was yeah, interesting yeah. though probably well, well, better than what we were talking but about what I would say for that is is that if you're if you've, if you've had a bad experience with a personal trainer or anything that like, like that because I know I have Maybe not so much a personal trainer, but like... <laughs> Fuck yeah, off. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. Uh, no, but I know I've that seen... That other personal trainer, right? I know, yeah, I know that I've seen that within... Yeah. And I've still been approached in gyms for personal training at, at random points and, and can see that type of stuff anyway. So, you know, don't let those types of things put you off. Do you know what I mean? If you need the help and and, and the guidance, I mean, that's kind of what they're there to do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. But, yeah, so if training program... I just want to quickly finish yeah, off that yeah, training yeah. thing... Um, so we've got your say. I think you should do a full body program if you don't plan on training very yeah. often. So that's where you train upper body and lower body all in one session. If you are training three to four times a week, which is awesome, mm-hmm. then you could probably do an upper and lower, which is where you separate your upper body exercises one day, lower body the next, and you could do that on off on off four times a week. Um, rest periods. Um, if you're training for strength, you need at least three minutes rest in between each set. Mm-hmm. If you're training for hypertrophy, bigger muscles, I'm saying, uh, I think it's 60 to 90 seconds rest. Yeah. If you're training for muscular endurance, so if you do a sport or something like that, then it is less than a minute, 45 seconds. Um, write down everything you're doing. Um, make sure that the majority of your exercises are compound lifts and you can add in some isolation if you're just starting out don't be afraid to use fixed resistance machines like your yeah. chest press your lap pull down all that sort of stuff if you've been training a while do some free weight stuff do some pull-ups do some deadlifts don't don't be afraid of any exercise the exercises yeah. i hated the most 
Um, because I was scared. Of, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I used to. I, I avoided deadlifts, proper deadlifts, for so long. I used to do Smith machine deadlifts. Mm. I used to do fucking rack pulls. I used to do everything I could to avoid deadlifts because I was scared of them, and yeah. it was because I was too afraid to ask for help. And then I yeah. got help, and I learned how to do it. And then suddenly I was like, it wasn't my favorite exercise because it's shit and I yeah. hate them. But it was the best exercise for me, and I got quite good at them because yeah. I sort of like realized that. Once you can do it, you can wear it as a badge of honour. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, are we going to put like a training program together online or something? Um, maybe like I'm just I can, like a basic one. Yeah, I can absolutely yeah. do that. Um, Facebook I will. It. I will do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick that in a Facebook group. Yeah, and then if you join yeah. us, you can fucking right. Yeah. So join the group Beer and Biceps on Facebook, and what we're going to do, and we'll get that up at some point. I know, in this week or so but it's just a real basic plan and then again like follow it and just that's the thing majority of you can you just know? follow that if you've got any injuries or something like that give us a shout and we can make a couple of changes yeah. but for the majority of you just follow the fucking plan yeah, yeah, yeah. do it and you, do you know what that, that always drives me crazy a lot of people like you've got all the information you need in the world right at your fingertips so there's no real excuse other than I can't be asked. and if yeah. you can be honest about that like I'll be honest that we have not been asked not been recently asked. No. Um, but we're not walking around saying we just don't know what to do because there's like more information at the touch of a button than you will ever have you, yeah. than anyone's ever had in history <laughs> yeah you, you, you have, <laughs> You have more up-to-date and relevant knowledge available to you than Arnold Schwarzenegger did yeah. in the 60s. Well, this is why we're being nice people and putting something up on Facebook. Yeah, so we're going to put out some shit up. <laughs> which you're not even going to yeah. bother to do anyway. Uh, no, but seriously, go on to Facebook page, give us a give us a like, and and um, uh, we will and add tell you us you've group. fucking done one session, and I will fucking create you the perfect train. I, yeah, I will say that right now. If you do one session yeah. of it... And you take a photo of your workout, you know, like maybe with a logbook or something like that, and you've done it. I will upgrade that program for you free of charge. Just fucking sort it. And I normally charge a yeah. hundred pound a month for that. So you can stuff. you can tell two things at the moment. One, Matt is getting a little bit more drunk, but secondly, <laughs> he's also lost a bet tonight and he's angry. <laughs> so going on to the next point. Uh, the next point, we or the final point, I should say: bottles versus cans versus draft. Um, do, you have, do you have a preference? I mean, I know that's a ridiculous. That, no, that was that's a yeah. great thing because that's exactly what I was going to say. It's um, if I could say one thing before this, yeah. it's that we can't really say for sure which is the best. No, um, I remember reading um, in a magazine that was I got from Beer Fifty Two, mm-hmm. um, saying that cans are the future. Uh, facts. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they're more durable, um, and yeah. because they are um, In, o- uh, opaque. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Yes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, because they don't get any sunlight yeah, through yeah. them, it doesn't ruin the beer. Yeah. Whereas um, bottles, you need them to be brown bottles because yeah. green and white, uh, white see through, see through ones. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, they can get ruined. Yeah, they can get ruined by, yeah, it, yeah, ruined yeah. by yeah. that sort of stuff. So, technically, the answer is already cans. Yeah. And. I think that I can see that. Um, I think also draft is fine because they're in big casks or... When I went to, going back all the way to our first podcast, when I went to the Hogsback... And that'd be episode one. one. <laughs> <laughs> but the Hogsback brewing, the guy was chatting about that and that was and when he was talking about usually the uses of making traditional beer and then this guy came in and 
yeah, change all the things that they're talking about. Like we need to make a, uh, they need to make a lager, they need to make a cider, and they were like, what the hell's this going about? And actually, they made loads of money because he was actually listening to the market as opposed to being stuck up yeah. on your own ways. But one of the big things they did have was canned beer, and I, I forget, I, I can't remember exactly what that beer is called, but you can see it in Weatherspoons, um, and it's a, it's like a silver can, orange was, and they said that's a. That is the more marketable one. More people are buying those types of cans, which they all said bollocks. But actually, was making them a lot. Again, that's not saying it's the be all and end all. It's not the perfect. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's cans from here on up. Get rid of everything else. <laughs> it's just saying that there is it is an easier form of drinking. Is it like to pick yeah. up in a if you if I go into an off license or down to Tesco's, I'm more likely to buy a can of beer than I am a bottle of beer. Don't ask me why, but I just am because maybe it's just a bit easier. Like if I, as in, they so, don't clink together when you're walking. Exactly. So you seem yeah. like less of an alcoholic. <laughs> no, but I mean, but then only an alcoholic would worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, if I need to get something and you just need to kind of, is uh, if I'm going to go off and buy like a lager, I would buy like a four six pack four pack or whatever a Stella or something. Yeah. Because it's just easy, you know. You get at home, you crack open the can and you drink from it. Right, and maybe if I went somewhere like Morrison's and was going out on a, a beer and biceps podcast one, I would get a nice kind of bottle for it. So it's different things for different yeah. different strokes for different folks. <laughs> well, that ends that then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's just, that's exactly, yeah, you yeah. just nailed that. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what what we were saying was there were some beers that we prefer in one form yeah. and the other, and they don't always have to make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so... In saying just what I said about drinking instead of from a can, I do prefer it from a bottle. It's just the fact that I, I think I prefer it from a can. I really like it from a bottle. That's interesting. But it's a lot. It's a it's a stronger. It's a harsher taste. I find it. I bottle think yeah, than it is to and a I can. think that might be from the bottle because they use green glass. Yes, they do use green glass. Yeah, it does definitely taste. It tastes more bitter, doesn't it? Yeah. No. It's absolutely. And you know, do you know what yeah. I don't like it is because the amount of times I've had a Stella where it's been at a barbecue or a house party and it's not properly chilled. Yeah. And Warm, warm bottled Stella. In fact, warm canned Stella is also terrible. Warm but, beer. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck off with warm beer? <laughs> like I was, um, when uh, I had some, my cousins coming from um, New Zealand yeah. and um, she brought, well, of course she brought her husband <laughs> and kids. Yeah. Uh, but like, um, ah. and he was sort of like making a joke about warm beer and like, you know, that's what England's famous for. And yeah. I was sort of like, no, that's fucking ridiculous. And then my dad had bought a keg of warm beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you don't you don't chill it or anything it's yeah, very true yeah. um, and I don't mind it but that's there are only there are very few beers I can drink non-chilled yeah and even then a lot of the time I prefer them chilled even if you're not don't, supposed no, to um, the only beer that I don't I prefer the non-chilled version of is Guinness yeah like Guinness Extra Cold in my opinion is shit Guinness <laughs> do you find things like like I don't know, old speckled hen and hobgoblin. Yeah, I'm just trying to think about those sorts of bits more from chill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I know that you're not necessarily supposed to, but no, that's what I was gonna yeah. say because it's generally regarded as a bit of a sacrilege. Because like, like for example, the only reason like I, I'm thinking that as I came uh, moving into this new place and I had like a couple of old bottles which people had bought me, and then there was like a it was like an old a, a beer. I, f- I forget exactly what it said. Wait, you had beer in your old house that you had just not drunk? Yeah. But it was like it was a gift. Do you know what I mean? I'll, sh- I'll shut answer. You keep talking. I'm going to just grab Todd, the one. Don't do this. Don't leave me. Todd. Seriously. <laughs> um, 
It's right. I did not ask for this. Podcast. I am right here. <laughs> so like something like that, for example, it's a Joker IPA or something. I don't know. I think somebody bought that. They're probably you see, <laughs> see, what's happened here, Todd, is before yeah. you brought this bottle out, you were giving me the impression that you had no more beer. <laughs> That was a bold-faced lie. <laughs> we might be able to drink it later. But what I'm trying to... What I'm trying certainly to, will. So what I'm trying to say is, though, it is a, it's a wickedly hoppy Joker IPA. But that's the type of thing which I would look at and think, I don't think I should put that in the fridge. It doesn't look like a fridge right a bit, but it is an IPA, which yeah, I should put I in the fridge. I would put that in the fridge. Um, that's really good. You, you brought us out of because it's a Scottish IPA, and yeah. I, I don't know any Scottish. No, no, yeah. maybe, oh. maybe we'll cover that later. I'm glad I... you left me to my audience alone, then, yeah, just to get this because it, li- it was literally you just going, don't, don't, I don't. Just, <laughs> I I apologise. Um, <laughs> I cried a little bit, just a tiny bit. Yeah, um, I didn't like it. I, I did not care for it. <laughs> this is why I could never have done a podcast yeah. on my own. <laughs> well, okay then. So give me an example. I should say then of a um, well, what's it? What's it? What's a good bottle beer? Right, good bottle beers usually IPAs. Yeah. I usually prefer IPAs out of the bottle than off draft, hands down. Um, I just, I don't. I think bottle beer tends to be stronger as well. I remember. Um, uh, my old client Ashley he was talking about Lagunitas. He'd he'd only ever drunk it on draft. Yeah. And then he had it out of a bottle, and he was he he was surprised because in draft it was only like five percent, but in bottle it was like six point five. It was a lot stronger, and sometimes that really works. Sometimes mm. it doesn't. Sometimes that makes it worse. But like for IPAs, it seem I seem to prefer them definitely out of a bottle. Um, a lot of lagers as well, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, instinctively. I wouldn't drink a Grolshoff tap. No, I, know, I would I, drink it out of. A we talked about this earlier about overrated yeah. beers, didn't we? And I can yeah. understand Grolsch being, as in, it does look cool in the glass, doesn't yeah. it? So, but, but also, yeah, I've had it on draft. So yeah. I don't really care for. I don't really care for any of the Dutch beers on draft. Yeah, the ones I always think of are things like, um, I mean, those kind of lem- lemon or lime beers, like Desperados and Corona. Oh, can you imagine a pint like of Desperado? I mean, you just wouldn't have it. Would you? If I saw it on tap, I'd just go. Nah, well, I think I did. I mean, I've, ne- I've never seen Corona on tap ever. I would drink a Sol off draft. I think I have seen Sol on draft. I would drink that. It's uh, no, not Australia. I was going to say, what's the other one? There's Brahma. Yeah, I like Brahma. That's a Brazilian one. Yeah, yeah. that's the one I associate. That's a Nando's one. <laughs> yeah, I associate that with bottles, but at the same time, I have seen that on draft, and I have got that on draft, and it is different. I don't know if I'd say preferable. Right, should we do the other way around now? Beers on draft that you wouldn't drink as a bottle. Um, I've got one. Well, no, actually, I was going to say Ghost Ship. But I think I like it in bottle. Yeah. But it's, it's incredible on draft. And then yeah. it's just very good on bottle. So I actually like it both. I like Cronenberg in a bottle, but I don't like it from a pint. I don't like it from a pint, but I like it from a can. Yeah, I think I can kind of get that. Yeah. I I I don't know something about Cranberg in a bottle. Yeah, that's fine. I guess it's yeah. all right. Um, but I think my favourite is Can on that, which mm. is odd. Um, I will tell you what, I, um, Weatherspoons, the first craft beers I ever really had, and it yeah. was the first time I ever saw them in an English pub. Was um, they uh, Weatherspoons came with these little cans, and it was like there was Bengal Tiger. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Oh, I can't remember the other ones, but 
those beers were incredible. And yeah. that was the first time I realised that craft beers are super was, strong. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I had... <laughs> I can get my tits them. for half the price. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I had two... And they were, like, Coke yeah. can size cans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a Bengal Tiger and... I can't remember the other ones, but they were, like, um, these really little things. So mm. I had two of them, and I was trashed. Yeah. I looked at it afterwards, and they were, like, 7% each. Mm. <laughs> it was brilliant. And that was the first proper craft beers they yeah. had. And then I feel like... They sort of like saw the change before it happened, or mm. they created that change, and it was just ever since then it's exploded. And I had an Aftergem in a hotel bar on Saturday. <laughs> an Aftergem, yeah. a fucking Belgian beer. Yeah. And you go, how much has the fucking culture changed yeah. over the last five years? And it, I think it started with Bengal Tiger in Weatherspoons in Harry. Yeah, there you go. You heard it. Hatch end Weatherspoons. That was the one I first had it. <laughs> I was thinking of Hobgoblin, and I usually drink that. From bottles, but the only reason I've never had it on draft. I I've, I've had it draft like a few times. I went to a hobgoblin pub, not hobgoblin pub. Day is it Witchwood? Witchwood. I went to one in uh, High Wycombe, and they yeah, have one there. Yeah, because that's quite new. It's, it's it? quite yeah. new. Yeah, yeah, and it was called the Hobgoblin. And I remember going there with um, my one of my old managers at the time when because that's where I was working. Um, and we looked around for a couple of pubs and. He was just saying he wanted to find like a real like a real ale place, yeah. and there was a place called the Hobgoblin, and I was like, that can't be right. And then I went in there, and it was it was, it was the brewery, and I was, it was like, just served amazing. with tiny goblins. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Gringotts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a um, yeah no, but I just think I've had that on on draft a few times, but I'm more inclined to say I like it from a bottle but the only reason I do that is because I associate that from when I get Christmas gift packs and the first yeah. time I ever had a Hobgoblin was when someone bought it to me and I got a free t-shirt which that, that, I remember you well. liked that when you didn't really like any of the other fancy beers no I know like, I love we Hobgoblin. used to be proper right Foster's Carling Carlsberg whatever's cheap yeah. I'd drink a Ruddles County if it was £1.60 yeah. on sort of in Weatherspoons and I remember you liked Hobgoblin and that was... It wasn't odd because I was also sort of like experimenting. <laughs> <laughs> Some people experiment with their sexuality in the But like, yeah. you know, that was your first major... Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like different types of beer and yeah. I think you were a better man for it. <laughs> but whenever I saw it on tap, I would get it. Like, uh, that, yeah. that was the type of thing which I would always kind of go for. So yeah, no, it's intriguing. I can I can see I can see differences in different ones. So I mean, well, as I'd say, if you've got some kind of preferences in like I don't know draft beers, can beers, uh, bottle beers, then just do let us know. Um, like I said, the usual ways you can hit us up: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I've probably said it fifty times, so. If you ain't following it by now, you just really should. And and, <laughs> and the thing is, though, do you tell people about it. Um, we're trying to do a bit of a drive at the moment as well to kind of say, like, anybody that is part of the Beer and Biceps group, if you could just add up a couple of members, people that you think you would like it, we want to kind of get this growing a little bit better um, and, well, just make it a, a more good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I ran out of words there. Don't worry, Todd, this is all getting cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, let's, let's start next week. Yeah. I have written down number 15, you don't have to deadlift. I feel that I will probably change that. Yep, to you to... do have to. <laughs> Mainly because I said that constantly. Yes, absolutely. No, um, what that's about is um, I've sort of given you the perfect training program, but people get too hung up on 
following perfection, which I sort of follow. Yeah. But also, they get too hung up on you have to do the right exercises yeah. at the right times. Not everyone's suitable to every exercise, and that's what next week's about. It's finding out what suits you. Don't yeah. listen to what some fucking functional training dickhead says at the gym. Matt's angry. Um, but yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And we're also going to be covering, covering the uh, Oktoberfest beer festival. Yes, of course. In yeah. a bit more detail as well next week. Um, before we go, I did just want to say that happy birthday for tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So that's... But when they hear this, I'll already, I'd, I'd have changed from my 20s right. to my 30s. Happy birthday. Hey. Hey, because it's going to be... When the, at day of recording, it's going to be Matt's 30th birthday. Um, so that's just from all us here at Beer and Biceps, <laughs> which is me and now Matt. <laughs> I'd just say a very, very happy birthday. So Thank you to you all. <laughs> but yes, as I say, do get in contact, do follow us on the usual types of um, aspects, and also um, give us a review on iTunes if you could as well. Uh, have yourselves a very lovely day, evening, or I don't know, existential state of crisis. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> uh, bye. Bye.